to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now, here's your host for today's broadcast, Dwayne Sheriff. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. I'm your host today, Dwayne Sheriff. I'm excited about what the Lord has put on my heart, and we want to invite you to interact. This is a live call-in show. We're here to answer questions about current events or just biblical issues or the times that we live in. The number that you can call is on the screen, 719-619-2341. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I believe I've got some things that will encourage you and hopefully inspire you in your, in your love for Jesus and in your search for the truth, because it's knowing the truth, John 8, 31 and 32, that sets us free, and we live in a culture of much, much deception. So 719-619-2341. I've got a couple of announcements I want to, to share with you that'll be an encouragement to you. We have the Heart of Christmas performance that's coming up in the near future. That's December the 8th through the 10th. And these performances are over the top. I know that you and your family will be blessed. I've attended a few of these, uh, the Heart of Christmas performances, and they are a blessing. I've taken my grandchildren, and the family has really, really enjoyed them. That's December the 8th through the 10th, and you have to purchase tickets and reserve your seats, and seating is limited. So you go to awmi.net, and then you can, you can go to the tab uh, in regards to the heart of Christmas and get your tickets for you and your family or friends and your reserved seats. That's the 8th through the 10th right here at Karis Bible College. That's a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday performance. On Friday night, it's at 7 p.m. On Saturday, it's at 2 p.m. And on Sunday, it's at 3 p.m. Again, go to awmi.net and get your tickets and reserve your seats. We also have coming up a live nativity scene and uh, right here on the campus in Woodland Park at Karis Bible College. And that's on December the 15th, 16th, and 17th. December 15, 16, and 17 from 6 p.m. to 8.30. And again, it's a live na nativity scene. And uh, I've seen this, and it is a blessing. You'll be encouraged. Be a great thing to take your children or your grandchildren through the campus and see all the lights and the live nativity scene. Uh, again, they'll be serving uh, hot chocolate. Hey, it's worth the trip just to get the hot chocolate. <laughs> and your kids will love that and enjoy that. This is a free event. No tickets necessary for the nativity scene. Also want to encourage you to go to truthandliberty.net, truthandliberty.net, and check out all of our resources, especially our 24-hour news feed. That news feed is updated every 15 minutes on current events, 
And I'm really thinking about doing a show just on current events. Let's go through the news. Let's look at what is being said in the news and, and give a biblical perspective, a conservative perspective of what is happening in our world. And uh, I'm preparing some shows to, to do that very thing. But you need to check that out. These are conservative resources and news is hard to get. Um, it's very limited and rare. Most of what you get on the six o'clock news is propaganda. It's a narrative, a spin in a certain direction, and it usually leads to much deceit and defeat in our lives. And so you need to learn even how to listen to the news or ignore the news of the day. And so you need informed though, and I I promise you, Truth and Liberty will be a great resource. We've got elections coming up, and man, the crazy just doubles down during during the elections. And so we'll be here uh, sharing and giving information in regards to the candidates and things of that nature. And I know that'll be a blessing to you. So you can also go back, and we have all of our programs archived, and you can watch them on demand. So I know that'll be a blessing for you, your family, your friends. If there's a program that really speaks to you, then, then you need to mark that and get a hold of your family and friends. It'll be archived on truthandliberty.net. Well, let's talk about the end times and the days that we're facing. And I am traveling quite a bit now, and there's just a lot of questions people have of everything that's going on in our world and people are wanting to know, are we at the end? When you look at the news at large, and to be honest, I have to monitor myself. I can only watch so much of the news. I can only ingest so much doubt and unbelief, so much fear-mongering, so much uh, reporting of a narrative and supporting it, usually a false narrative. And so a lot of people don't know how to read the news. They don't know how to discern the news. And so it becomes very disheartening and discouraging for them. And if you just look at the news in general, man, you would believe it's over, that the country is lost, that we have to be in the last of the last days. And again, I'm asked everywhere I go now, do I believe this is the end? Do I believe we're the last generation? Well, for me, it's the end and the last generation. I only have one shot at this, hallelujah, and you only have one shot at this, and you need to know the truth. You need to be rooted and grounded in the truth and in your loyalty to Jesus, because what I see is not only great deception and the deception growing, it's creeping into the church. The woke movement has crept into the church, and it is spoiling, it is defiling so many of God's of God's people, good people. So you need to be better equipped to not be deceived, better equipped on where to find the truth, how to find the truth, and know the truth, and that truth bring you freedom or liberty. In 2 Timothy, there's something that the Lord has been saying to me in regards to deception and how to avoid or overcome deception. God does not will, brothers and sisters, for any of his people to be deceived. God has been faithful to warn us about deception and to better equip us 
to not enter into the temptation of deception. And a lot of God's people simply do not know how to overcome, and they're just simply listening to the wrong voices. They're, they're, they're looking at and learning the wrong philosophies, the philosophies of men. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, Paul talks about how we need to be rooted and grounded in Jesus, in the truth that is in Jesus, and not be spoiled by vain deceit, by the philosophies of men, by the traditions of men, and the elementary, rudimentary principles of this world. I'm telling you, you look at that list. We've got it on the screen there. There's four things. And if you look at that list, they dominate our culture. And many of those four have crept into the church and spoiled God's people. What does it mean to be spoiled? To be spoiled means to go from good to bad. If you've ever had milk in your refrigerator too long and, and you get up in the middle of the night and try to get a glass of milk and it's just horrifying what you experience. I've, I've done that. Uh, it, it is spoiled milk. And you didn't buy it spoiled. You didn't originally have it in a spoiled condition. But over time, it went from good to bad. That's what it means to be spoiled. And so many good people are being spoiled. They have a love for Jesus, but they're leaving their first love. They are loyal at first and committed to Jesus, but now they're loyal to political platforms. They're loyal to philosophers. They're loyal to professors on college campuses. What's going on on our ca ca college campuses is a, is a travesty, saints. It's horrible what the modern-day philosophy, liberalism, and wokeism has done to our young people that we literally have young people at Yale, at Harvard, at Princeton, marching in support of Hamas, who has declared in their charter the elimination of Israel, the wiping literally out of the state of Israel, killing every single Jew and in Israel and in the world. And yet we have college students marching in support of Palestine, in quotes, and literally Hamas, and sympathize with Hamas. And these people are evil, brothers and sisters. What they've done and did on October the 7th was evil. It wasn't, it wasn't justice or social justice. It was evil what they did. And so we have a whole generation that is buying into all of this of this violence and evil. And Paul is addressing a young pastor here. And he says in, in 2 Timothy 3 that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Boy, how true is that? If you, if you want to be moral, you will suffer persecution. If you have any values or principles or, again, moral absolutes, you will be hated, brothers and sisters, in our culture today. You will be persecuted. I have personal friends that are in the public school system and that serve in the public school system, and they serve high up, and they are under national attack right now because of their stand on protecting our children from all this deception. And it is real, and persecution is 
intensifying, especially those who love Jesus unto death. The, the way we overcome the devil, according to the book of Revelation, is we overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Think about that. Look at that for a minute. The him that we overcome is the devil. How do we overcome him? By the blood of the lamb. That's what Jesus did and has provided. That's grace. And by the word of our testimony, that's our faith. Faith speaks. But look at what is, is holding it all together. And they did not love their lives to death. Man, they were committed unto Jesus, unto death. And that's what really makes faith work. And that's why we, so, we see so little faith working in our world today is people are not committed unto Jesus, unto death. Man, the first defriending on Facebook throws them into a tailspin, and they are just absolutely destroyed when rejected on, on Facebook or defriend or someone says something negative about you. We need to grow up. We need to be better prepared for the things that are coming upon the earth because I do believe we're in some challenging times. I don't know if it's the end of the world and the sky is falling. I don't believe the sky is falling, but I do believe there's some things on the horizon that are serious and that we're woefully unprepared for. And that's part of what the format of Truth and Liberty is all about, is to get you better prepared for the things that are coming. And persecution is one of those things. If you stand for traditional Bible marriage, you'll be persecuted. You'll be, you'll be picketed at your businesses. You'll be threatened with lawsuits. These things are real, and they're going to get worse. And that's what he goes on to say. Look at verse 13. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Things are not going to get better in the world. Come out from among them, says the Lord, and be ye separate. You can't, you can't dabble in the world any longer, brothers and sisters. The culture is decaying. It's collapsing. You can't have one foot in the world and one in the kingdom. You need to get both feet in the kingdom established on Jesus, rooted and grounded in the truth that is in Jesus, if you're going to overcome. And it's like people think that many of us ministers that God is inspiring to warn and to prepare people for things that are coming, it's not hyper, hyperbole. It's, it's not us exaggerating or being extreme. God is speaking, and we need to be better prepared for the things that are on the horizon. Again, while I don't believe the end of the world is coming, the end of certain things is coming. The end of, of being comf com comfortable in Zion is, is coming to an end. The end of being accepted in the culture as a child of light, because for, for decades the gospel affected the culture, so the culture was friendly to the gospel. Now the culture is unfriendly to the gospel, unfriendly to churches that are true Jesus lovers and, and Bible believers, and we got to get better prepared. <clears throat> but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned 
and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now, a lot of times we read that and we think, yeah, the Scriptures bring faith to be saved from our sins and to be born again. But the word salvation, saints, means more in the original language than just the forgiveness of your sins. It includes the forgiveness of your sins. It includes being born again. It includes being delivered from being in Adam and in death to being in Christ and having and being in eternal life now. It includes that, but it includes healing, if you look it up in any concordance, and deliverance. What is it that's going to deliver us from all these deceivers and people being so deceived? It's the scriptures. It's the word of God. I'm actually preparing a series on how to not be deceived, how to overcome deception. And this is something the Lord's put on my heart for quite a few months now, and I've been preparing it. And I'm going to be sharing soon on, on what are the things revealed in the Word that protect you, that insulate you from deception. We need better protected from the deceivers and the gross deception that's coming on the planet. Saints, when you talk to people, and I talk to people, I talk to, to a lot of people. I talk to people who love Jesus and are committed unto death. I hang out with a lot of those people. But I also talk to people that are lost, that are bound even by this, this woke movement and the deception. And saints, the things people believe today, you have to have help to believe some of the things people believe. You have to have demonic help not to know there's only two genders. But I'm telling you, people are deceived and deceiving many into believing now there's over a hundred. Wow. Over a hundred different genders. You have to be deceived to think that a child, a 10-year-old, has a right to identify with a gender outside their biological gender. You have to have help to believe that. And you have to have help to think that's a good thing to allow them to, to pursue a gender outside of their biological gender. It's evil to, to say the things that are being said to these children. It is evil. It's, it's gross deception and it's deceiving these children and we actually have people that are celebrating the mutilation of children in the altering of their biological gender. These things are evil, and, and many are being deceived. Many today are deceived in sexual purity and what the Bible even has to say about sexual purity, much less how to be sexually sexually. Pure. We need help. We need to do better and know the scriptures and the things the scriptures teach us on how to insulate ourselves from all this deception. And I'll be covering some of those things here, here soon as well. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped, for every good work. The word complete there 
in the scriptures means mature. You have to grow up, brothers and sisters. You have to go from being immature to mature. You have to come into the kingdom as a babe and a convert, but you have to grow up and become a disciple. Only the disciples are going to overcome in the, in the near future. Only those disciplined in the scriptures, only those that know it's inspired by God. It is God's word. And, and knowing it will set you free. And knowing what it says on how to stay free is a key to overcoming deception. Maturity is how you overcome deception. You cannot overcome the deception that's coming if you are not mature and get around mature people, get connected to a community at some level of mature believers so that you will not be deceived. The recent deceptions in our government, the corruption in our government, there's always been corrupt people in government. There's always been evil people in government and the media. But saints, it is overwhelmed with corrupt people in both of those institutions. And it's dangerous today. The politicians today that are corrupt and are deceived and are deceivers are dangerous. They're not, they're not just creating problems. They're dangerous. The media that used to just be a problem, it's not a problem anymore, brothers and sisters. I don't care how evil you think the media is. You don't think it's evil enough. And, and, and corrupt. And now it's dangerous. We're on the brink of a third world war if we're not already in a third world war. You've got Russia that has invaded Ukraine. You've got China threatening boldly to invade Taiwan and to take Taiwan. That is going to create a massive amount of problems. And you've got Hamas and Iran threatening and meaning it to wipe Israel out. You've got a, a worldwide media that is corrupt, that defends Hamas and, and murder and, and kidnapping and the beheading of babies. This stuff is evil. So you've got the Middle East about to explode. And, and we think this, these things are not going to touch us. Saints, we have got to push back on the corruption in our government. We have got to get the mind of God and the will of God on this upcoming election uh, because the window to, to save, to deliver, for the gospel to have an impact is shrinking every day. I want to I go to 1 Peter chapter 4, and I'm going to run out of time, but, but Peter speaks of the, of the end days and the end of, of the age. And he gives us five things that will prepare us for the end of, of the age. And let me read this quickly, and, and then we're going to take a 90-second break. Take your calls, uh, and I may elaborate on these five things throughout the broadcast, because I don't believe the end of the world again is at hand but I do believe the end of a lot of things is at hand. The economy and, and, and the, the prosperity that we've experienced that came from God, came from Judeo-Christian principles, we're squandering it with trillions of dollars of debt. 
and uh, with no, no change in sight. So some things are at hand. Look at what, what Peter said in his first epistle, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious. King James Bible says to be sober and watchful in prayers. And above all things, have fervent love one for another, for love will cover the multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one of us is given a gift to minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We, the body of Christ, are to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. There's a grace on each and every one of us. I'm a steward of a grace to teach, a grace to to inform and inspire and encourage God's people. I have a grace, a gift that is a gift grace to teach and to share the things of the kingdom to better equip God's people so they can do the work of the ministry and so they can overcome. You have a grace gift. There's manifold grace distributed throughout the body, and we need to learn how to minister one another. Well, Peter said that the end of all things is at hand. Saints, when something is at hand, it is right there. It is near. He wasn't talking about the day we live in, 2,000, approximately 2,000 years later. When Peter said the end of all things is at hand, he was talking about something that was about to come to pass in history and in Israel that was just a few years off. When John the Baptist burst onto the scene, preparing the way of Messiah, he said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That didn't mean 2,000 years away. At hand meant in the very near, very near future. Jesus said the same thing, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When something was at hand, it was near. When Peter said the end of all things is at hand, he was talking about the end of that age, the end of the age of the Mosaic law, the end of the age of the temple and the sacrifices. Jesus gave that generation, one generation to repent and to transition from Judeo, from Ju Ju Judaism to Christianity. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, an angel rent the veil in the temple, that was the house of God on the earth, that's where God dwelt, he rent that veil from top to bottom, signifying that the way into the Holy of Holies had been made through the blood of Jesus, through the sacrifice of Jesus. But let me tell you something. The, the priest uh, and the high priest were out there the, the next day sewing that puppy back up. <laughs> and they, they refused to transition. Many of them refused to receive their Messiah. Many of them tried to continue the sacrifices, which had become an abomination to the Lord. And Peter went on in this book to say that judgment began at the house of God, that judgment would begin at the house of God. Well, that temple for hundreds of years was the house of God. It's where God dwelt. dwelt. And Jesus had prophesied in Luke 21, in Matthew 24, that when they were bragging on the temple, he said that this thing will be torn down. Not one stone will be left standing on another stone. And that happened in 70 A.D., 70 A.D., Titus, a general, surrounded Jerusalem. He was delayed, according to a historian named Josephus, for three days, 
And Josephus recorded that all the Christians got out of Jerusalem in 70 AD during that three-day standoff, and then the temple was destroyed. And that generation, that age, the age of the Mosaic law, the age of, of, of the sacrifices, the age of meeting at the temple made with man's hand was over. And so then he gives them five things to, to be prepared. And so when I come back, we'll start to take your phone calls with your questions, and then I'll elaborate on these five things as I have time. Back in 90 seconds. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth and Liberty and become a member today. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Hey everyone, everyone, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm Dwayne Sheriff, your host today, and I'm just sharing some things on the end times and are we in the end times? And again, I'm preparing a, a series of teachings on deception and how to avoid it, how to be insulated from it, because the Bible says, Paul said that, that in these last days, that evil people would become worse and worse and deceiving and being deceived. And so we, bet, we better be better prepared. And so, man, I've just got questions that are coming in, uh, lots of them already, and they are really fantastic. And so we'll go to those here in just a moment. If you'd like to call in with your question, 719 719-619. 2341-2341. That's the number you can call and we'll field your questions. Um, man, again, uh, the questions that are already coming in are just so, so good. Why is there so much confusion about the end times? Man, that's a that's a great, a great, a great question. And one that's actually difficult to answer. There are some things in the Bible that are clear. Uh, clear scripture. Other things have some nuance to it and, and depth where you have to have previous knowledge in order to understand this new information. It's kind of like our education system. You have to learn your ABCs 
before you can can write or read or spell. You have to learn adding and subtracting before you can do um, your times tables uh, and things of that nature. You have to learn all of those things before you can learn algebra, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Everything builds, all knowledge builds. And this is why the book of Revelation is so difficult for so many people. And there are things still I struggle with in the book of Revelation. Uh, there's a lot of things that I praise God a thousand times over that he has has taught me out of that book, but you can't even begin to understand it until you understand the symbols because the whole book is in, in symbols. And then you have to go to the other 65 books of the Bible to learn the symbols and to match them. You can't just make up what the symbols mean like many do today. So that contributes to a lot of the confusion in regards to the end times just a basic knowledge and overview of the Bible. Then we have so many, so many divisions within the body of Christ in regards to the end times that it gets, it just simply gets confusing. Uh, but stick with what you know, uh, build on what you do know. Do not get discouraged about what you don't know and, and embrace what you do know and continue to grow and things will clear up. Uh, should Christians fear the end times or be looking for or forward to the end times? Great question. Uh, we absolutely should not fear the end times, and yet many will be fearing the end times because they're unprepared. They simply have not been taught faith. They have been taught how to relate to the, the negativity of the end times and the, the bad things that are going to be coming upon the earth. Again, all these wars, Jesus warned in Matthew 24, Luke 21, of the wars and the rumors of wars. And these things can produce anxiety, worry, and fear if you don't know how to cast that off on the Lord. And so we all have to learn not to fear, not to, to receive fear, because it'll knock on your door, I promise, but how, how to receive faith from God. And we should absolutely be looking for our redemption, the appearing of Jesus and his kingdom. Many call that the second coming. And we should, we should rejoice in that, look forward to that. There's a day coming, and we're headed toward it in this age, the age of grace that'll come to an end, just like the age of law came, came to an end, that we look forward to the redemption of our bodies. We look forward to the new heaven and the new earth. We're headed toward it. It's already begun. We look forward to the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. We're a part of the new Jerusalem that comes down out of heaven. The book of Revelation says that the new Jerusalem is the bride of Christ. Well, you're the bride of Christ if you have faith in Jesus. So you're already a part of the new Jerusalem and you came from heaven. You were born not of the of the, the blood you were born again, not of the blood of man and the will of man, but you are born again from above. And so we absolutely look forward to the end of the end. We just simply have to be better prepared to go through what the world will go through heading up to the end. Are the Jews in Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, this is a, a question that I'm just simply not qualified to, to answer. I, I, don't, I don't know 
uh, how to categorize the Jews that are in Israel. My, my position on, on, the, on the Hebrew people is they brought us our Bible. They brought us the law of Moses, the moral codes. Uh, they brought us our Messiah, Jesus Christ. Jesus was a Jew. Mary was a Jew, the mother of Jesus. She's not the mother of God. God didn't have a beginning or a mother, but she is the mother of Jesus. And uh, so we honor the Hebrew people. They're the original branch. We've been engrafted in. So there is a degree of honor we give to all Hebrew people because of our history. But my defense of Israel right now is like any defense of any nation. They have a right to protect their borders. They have a right to, to exist. And they, they have a right to, again, protect their citizens like any nation has has a right. Let me go back to First Peter because he said the end of all things is at hand. I believe he was talking about something that was coming in the near future. The book of Peter was written in somewhere between 62 and 64 AD, and the destruction of the temple was in 70 AD. So right after this book was was written and distributed, we had just a few years when the temple was destroyed, like Jesus said it would be destroyed, not one stone was left on top of another, and, and all the Christians got out when they saw Jerusalem surrounded. Jesus in Matthew 24 uh, or Luke 21 talked about, when you see Jerusalem surrounded, flee. Uh, get out of the city uh, because of the destruction, the judgment that would come on the, on the house of God. So that age ended, and he gave us five things to prepare. He was preparing God's people to endure that age and the end of that age, the age of the Mosaic Law. We need to be prepared for the ending of this age that probably is at hand, but I know there's a lot of things that are at hand that we need better prepared for. Man, during COVID-19, God showed me so much, and I saw so clear how unprepared God's people were with all the fraud. There was election fraud, and there's no denying it. And when I say there's election fraud, I get canceled, or I have been. I got canceled that there was election fraud. Democrats every day claimed election fraud from 2016 all the way to 2020 and beyond, that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president, that there was election fraud, that the Russians interfered with the election. And all of the investigations prove that to be a lie, and many today still hold fast to that lie, to that deception. That's alarming. That's absolutely alarming. They can, they can declare every day on the national news and politicians election fraud. I just bring up questions about the 2020 election, and there was definitely election fraud, and I got canceled. That's the deception we live in. That's the, that's the dyslexia that the media has, that they ignore, ignore true election fraud and they propagate false election fraud. Well, COVID-19 was no different, brothers and sisters. And so many of God's people feared. So many people in the church were unprepared. They couldn't even see that this was demonic and an attack on the church, and the goal was to shut the church down. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth, 
And those that are deceived and deceivers have to silence the truth, brothers and sisters. So the goal wasn't just to shut your your businesses down. That was the goal of government. The government would love to shut every business down, take them over. It's called socialism and communism, and just send you a paycheck or send you into the rice fields to work for the government and to get a paycheck from the government. And people couldn't see how that this was all fraud and deception and was a part of the spirit of, of Antichrist. Too much fear, too much deception, deception, and us being unprepared. I can't tell how many people I got canceled over, over comments about masks uh, and these surgical masks. That information is still being suppressed to this day. Much is leaking out, and studies are showing that these surgical masks made absolutely no difference. That that cloth mask cannot stop a virus, a microscopic virus, and and yet the lies and God's people believe the lies. This is what I'm trying to tell you: the world lies in deception. They are of their father who is the devil. We were a part of that family at one time, and the devil is the father of all lies. So they're bound by darkness. They're bound by lies. But what about the church? We're supposed to be children of light and life, not darkness and death. Children of, of truth, not deception. And so when the, when the vaccine mandates came out, I stood up. I defended businesses in our community. I defended doctors in our community who refused to falsify documents and put on there, this was a COVID death so that they could receive income on every COVID death. I had doctors with integrity in my community that refused to do that, and they were, they were attacked. This is serious stuff, and the vaccine mandate you want to take a vaccine, take them. But when, when, when are we going to say no, even to voluntary vaccines? How many booster shots do you have to take? How many vaccines for how many years, for how many decades are you going to take? How, how much of the, of the data is going to continue to be suppressed on the consequences of these vaccines, of the after, aftermath of, of heart attacks, disease, issues with cancer. You still don't see disclaimers on these vaccines. Saints, if you watch any television at all, there'll be an aspirin commercial, and then there'll be a warning that this aspirin may cause kidney failure, and if you feel suicidal, see a doctor, consult your doctor. Uh, many have had liver issues and on and on it goes with all the consequences of taking the aspirin. My goodness, give me back the headache. <laughs> these consequences are, are hor horrific on these medicines. But when's the last time you saw COVID-19 shot? Here are some of the consequences. Here are some of the studies. Studies have shown. You're not seeing that. Why? It's being suppressed. Why? Deceivers and those that are deceived will get worse and worse, and we have to be better, better prepared. And yet we weren't prepared to take a shot in order to go to work. You cannot go to work unless you take a shot. 
The book of Revelation says part of the mark of the beast is you cannot buy or sell unless you take the mark of the beast. And he that has wisdom, let him know, let him understand that the mark and the number of the beast, the mark of the beast, then the number of the beast is 666, the number of man, man's philosophies, man's mandates. If you don't have sovereignty of your body, you have no sovereignty at all. And yet, where was the church? Where were we equipping our people to be better prepared and to deal with these issues? That has to change. Peter gave us five things, but the end of all things is at hand. The end of certain things are are at hand. COVID was a dress rehearsal is what the Lord told me, that this coming election, you're going to see fraud like you've never seen because there's been no consequences to people committing fraud. If you want a lawless society, don't, don't prosecute lawless deeds, and society will become more and more lawless. It is government and the punishment of evil that puts a restraint on sin. And so when there's no consequences, when the media offers cover for fraud, it gets worse. So we're going to see that. That is at hand. Fraudulent elections where literal dictators will be put into office and destroy the nation. It is at hand. It is real. There are people that hate this country, are wanting to destroy it. How can you go trillions of dollars into debt with no sight, no end in sight, but just keep increasing it and not want to collapse the system? This debt we're sustaining is unsustainable. And so there's a collapse at hand. What are we going to do? How prepared are we for the economy to to collapse? How prepared are we for an escalation of of war? How prepared are we for for the things that are coming upon the earth? And when I say prepared, I'm not necessarily talking about natural things. I don't want to get into that. Uh, you do need to be prepared, I guess, at some measure. I'm talking about spiritually prepared. I'm talking about prepared to hear the truth and not get offended. I'm talking about being prepared to not be comfortable in Zion any longer, but to have to step up, speak up, and stand up for the things of God because a lot of stuff is at hand. Five things he says in verse in verse 8. The end of all things is at hand. Excuse me, verse 7. Be therefore serious or sober, the King James Bible says, number one. Number two, watchful in prayers, plural. Number three, above all, have fervent love one for another. For love will cover the multitude of sin. Man, that is powerful. Be hospitable, number four to one another without grumbling or complaining or murmuring. Those are the five things that we need to be better established in in order to be prepared for the things that are at hand. Eventually, there will be a last generation. I don't know if we're the last generation, but there will be a last generation. And the age of grace will end just like the age of the law and the temple made with man's hands ended The age we are in in grace right now will end and there will be judgment in this earth. Just like there was judgment on the house of God 
and it was destroyed like Jesus said it would be destroyed, there will be judgment on all those that disobey the truth and rebel against God in unbelief. And we have to get God's message out. We have to get the gospel out and get people saved. We have to be better prepared to be delivered, saved from all of these things that, again, are at hand. Hallelujah. One of the questions that came in is, why does God think in terms of nations instead of individuals? That's a great question. God does think in terms of nations, in terms of boundaries. Nations have boundaries. Nations have borders. You're not a nation without a border. And we cannot sustain the open borders that we have going on right now and the millions of illegal. What is wrong with Christians hearing? I don't know one Christian, I don't know one minister that is against immigration, legal immigration. What we, what I and others are against is illegal immigration and that coming into the country illegally and starting your path on whatever reason you're here by breaking federal law is not a good thing. And us ignoring federal law is not a good thing. And us not taking care of our citizens. God judges nations because we are accountable for our borders and we can self-govern within our borders. Why is a border so important? If we don't have a southern border, then we've got um, chaos, the chaos of, of Mexico. We've got the drug problem and the cartels that are accountable to Mexico and accountable to God and the nation of Mexico for fentanyl that's coming in and other illegal drugs that are destroying our young people. Man, I'm sorry. I get to thinking about some of this stuff, and I think, what is wrong with us? You got Christians that in the name of so-called compassion and love and mercy believe that we should have open borders, and fentanyl is pouring over those borders from Mexico, killing hundreds of thousands of our young people saints. This is real. This is wrong. And borders give us the ability to self-govern, to establish law and order, and to enforce that law and order within our boundaries. Borders are important. Jesus said in the, in the last days, in the day of judgment, nations would stand before him and be judged. And there would be goat nations, nations who reject totally the gospel, the whole nation. Now, individuals would be saved who receive the gospel, but entire nations are rejecting the gospel. Then there'll be sheep nations where that nation was by and large a Judeo-Christian nation. We used to be that. Man, that just saddens me how fast we have fallen, how far we have fallen as a nation. And uh, I don't understand the total accountability, but God does work with nations. God does obviously work with individuals and cares about every single individual. But the commission is to go into all the world and to go into all nations and disciple nations in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, Matthew 28, the call that we have is to the nations. All right. Uh, why do the Palestines 
or Palestinians think the land is theirs. Saints, for thousands of years, wow, for thousands of years, people have claimed and thought that land was theirs, and God gave that land to Israel, and only in their rebellion, only in their disobedience under that age of the law were they dispelled from the land and other nations invaded. But God always gave them back the land. That was the promise to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and in Genesis chapter 15 was, was the land. Everybody thinks that land is theirs, and yet God gave it to the Hebrew people, and it is theirs now. It has been established by other nations, uh, by NATO uh, and others, that that land is the Hebrew people, and yet the Palestinians who voted in, I've got a question here about are the Palestinians hostage to Hamas, Hamas, they voted Hamas in. You can check that out, that I think it was 56% of them voted when Israel gave them Gaza for peace. They traded land for peace, and it only became a, a base for missiles and bombs to now attack Israel but Israel gave that land, Gaza, for peace. The, the Palestinians voted Hamas as their formal government. So they're not, they're not being held hostage. They, they voted in that regime. And man, there's a lot of things. And I hesitate to get into all of it. There's a lot needs to be said, could be said, probably should be said on both sides. But the bottom line, Hamas is a terrorist group supported by Iran, and they must be opposed by the world community. This is a good question. How many, how many biblical prophecies have already been fulfilled? That is an excellent question. I would ask that, that you ask some of the other hosts. Um, much of the prophecies have been Fulfilled, And a lot of times I hear people talk about Old Testament prophecy and as if it's going to be fulfilled, it's already been fulfilled. Now, I'm, I'm not one of these that believe every prophecy has been fulfilled, but most have been. And we have to be discerning on what has already happened and been fulfilled and what is still, still to come. So I'm not the best to answer on that. But uh, that'd be a great question for Andrew. I believe he'll be a blessing, a blessing to you. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a break here in a moment. Another ninety second break. Let me give you the phone number for your phone calls: nine one seven six one nine two three four one nine. Excuse me, seven one nine six one nine two three four one. I'll take your calls here in just a moment. Uh, five things uh, Peter said to prepare us for bad things that are at hand, be sober, be sober. Sober's not talking about they're not drunk. This is one of the qualifications for mature leaders in the body of Christ. One of the 16 qualifications for a bishop is to be sober. This is talking about our minds. Saints, we've got to become sober of mind. The New King James says serious. We've got to take serious the scriptures. We've got to take serious the 
the times we live in and the seasons and the deception and how to not be deceived. Uh, sober means moral clarity. Where's the moral clarity even in the church? Some things are just outright wrong and other things are right. Some things are moral. They'll, they'll always be moral. They've always been moral. And, and we need moral clarity. A sober, a sober mind is one that has the mind of Christ, that's been armed with the mind of Christ. And so there's just certain things that Peter was telling that generation, hey, you've got to get your thinking clear here. You've got to know God's word. You have to make this transition from law to grace, from Moses to Jesus, from a temple made with man's hands to a temple the temple of God, the body of Christ, not made with man's hands. You got to make this transition from the priesthood of the blood of bulls and goats to the, to the new covenant priesthood that every one of us are now kings and priests. And we are the priest in the house of God, offering up bloodless sacrifices, Peter said in his book in 1 Peter chapter 2, a royal priesthood. So we need our minds renewed. You're not going to be prepared for the things that are at hand if you don't become sober of mind. You're not going to be prepared for the manipulation of the media from the fraud of our corrupt government and government officials if you don't have your mind renewed to the Word of God. So we need to be sober. Well, I want to invite your questions. We have so many other ones that have come in through uh, other venues, but we'll take your calls here in just a moment at area code 719-619-23441. Man, these questions are so good. I'll be back in, in 90 seconds. Thanks so much for being a part of Truth and Liberty. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with ARMY, and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through ARMY. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an ARMY member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Hey everyone, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm Dwayne Sheriff, your host today, and I'm just sharing some simple things on the end times and how that 
we are probably in the beginning, if not close to the end of the end times. And we simply need to be better prepared. There's so much fear, so much, so much worry and anxiety, and we need free of all of those things. And we, we also need to be better equipped not to be deceived, not to be deceived. Because Paul told a young pastor that things are going to get worse and worse. In the world, they're going to get worse and worse. Things are not going to get better. But for the church, we're to get brighter and brighter and shine brighter and brighter. There's going to be this obvious division between who really loves Jesus and who's just playing games. And you don't want to be in this camp. And so Peter says in 1 Peter 4, be sober, have a sober mind, be clear of thinking, be serious about your commitment to Jesus. Be serious about who's Lord of your life. And that are you just a lukewarm Christian that's going to be overwhelmed by the darkness? Are you disobedient and so susceptible to deception? James said, if you're a, a hearer of the word, and not a doer, you deceive yourself and so these are some important things that, that we need to be serious about. Then number two, he says, be watchful and, and pray. Be, be watchful in your prayers. So we need to learn to pray, but be attentive. Watch and prayer. And he says, player, prayers, excuse me. That's plural. There are many different kinds of prayers for different kinds of situation, and we need to learn how to pray. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 the disciples came to Jesus after they saw him praying and said, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples to pray. So we need to learn to pray. The disciples of John were taught to pray. Jesus' disciples were taught to pray. You're a disciple of Jesus and you need better taught to pray. Andrew has some tremendous messages on this. He has a book on this, A Better Way to Pray. I know he has teachings available. You can go to my website. I've done a lot of teaching on prayer and different kinds of, of, of prayer. And so I know that'll be a blessing to you, PastorDwayne.com, PastorDwayne.com, and just scroll through or put in the search engine prayer. Again, Andrew has some wonderful things to help teach you to pray because we have to learn to pray because that's how we bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, according to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. So we need to watch and, and pray, and above all things, have fervent love one for another, for love will cover the multitude of sins. Man, we need a revival of love within the church. We truly need a revelation of God's love for us. We love God only because He first loved us. You can't begin to love God or love each other till you know God's love for you. And this is where we have failed so miserably even in our pulpits, is teaching people the love of God so that they can love one another. And God's love among us will cover the multitude of sins. That takes a long time to explain. If I have time, I'll come back. But we have to learn truly and be taught by the Holy Spirit to love each other. We need each other in these last of the last days. And then be hospitable. We need to be friendly and kind and tenderhearted one to another, forgiving one another, even as Christ hath forgiven us, Ephesians 4, 32. Those things are important in, in protecting you, walking in God's love and protecting you in these challenging times. And then do things without grumbling, no murmuring and complaining. I just finished a series 
a three-hour series on murmuring and complaining, nothing's going to change in our world, nothing's going to change in our homes or our churches if all we do is murmur and complain about how bad things are. We need to learn how to give God thanks, how to pray, and how to see good things come even in bad situations. So those are the five things that Peter shared with that generation to prepare them for the end of all things that was at hand. The end of many things are at hand, and we need better prepared. So those five things will help you. All right, let's go to our phones. Uh, AJ, a subscriber from Colorado, um, what's your question, please? Hey, Pastor Dwayne. It's going great today. Hey. Um, how are you? Thank you. I'm excellent, most excellent. Uh, I've got some great questions that have come in through other venues. I appreciate your question. Uh, I'm hoping more people will call. This is a yeah, serious too. topic, but what's your question? Yeah. Oh, well, I appreciate you guys coming on because it really is nice to have the access to four great ministers of the word. But what I wanted to ask you today was, do you think people are going to be able to take the mark of the beast unknowingly? Or is it going to be just an obvious choice that they're going against Jesus's will? Yeah, I had another question that that came in in regards to that uh, in the sense of uh, people concerned about their children and even their grandchildren. And, and let me let me just say this. Um, I personally absolutely believe people will unknowingly take the mark of the beast because of deception. And that's kind of what I'm trying to minister on today and at least allude to. I'm going to go into depth later. But we we saw the deception of people taking a mandated shot from a government that is corrupt, from a government that's lying, from a media that's lying, and all of their lies are being exposed now, every single one of their lies, that the shot would prevent you from, from, from contracting uh, COVID-19. It did not prevent people from contracting the virus. That if you'll take the shot, you won't be able to pass it on. That was a lie. And so on and on it went with the threats of shutting our businesses down, quarantines. This is amazing that this happened, and people are already forgetting what happened and the shutting down even of our churches. Uh, by mandate. And so many people took the shot out of fear. They took the shot out of, I, I'll lose my job. Um, I can't tell you how many forms I signed for military people on religious bases to opt out of the shot. I can't tell you how many nurses I personally knew that got fired because they refused to take the shot. Uh, and so they lost their jobs. They lost their careers, many of them. So many others that didn't have strong conviction of the sovereignty of their body, of putting something in you that we don't have any, any surveys on. There hadn't been enough time to do studies. And again, the consequences of the shot, they took the shot out of fear. They, they took it out of a fear of losing their job, a fear of dying. Uh, we're, we're supposed to be delivered and have been delivered from the fear of even death. And yet, honestly, AJ, how many people are dominated by the fear of death? 
And, and so many people took it unknowingly of the results. And so will people take the mark of the beast? I believe absolutely. Will good Christian people take the mark of the beast? Absolutely. Will you that are watching, that are serious and sober and are watching for this and praying and love each other and are hospitable and have learned to give God thanks, you will not take the mark of the beast. You're willing to suffer any consequences to stay loyal to Jesus and to to be committed unto death. Again, Revelation, uh, I think it's 10, 12 or 12, 10. You guys may have to help me in production on, on which one it is that says they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony and love not their lives unto death. But it's in there. It's in the book of Revelation. It's Revelation uh, 12, 11. There's the reference. Thank you guys. You're awesome. So I hope that answers your question, AJ. We need to warn our family members of the seriousness of the times. We need to prepare our children better. Um, I just came back from today a school play of the Christian school that I established uh, 30-something years ago, 37 years ago, something like that. And man, we had, we had first graders standing up there that were quoting more scripture than the average person that goes to church. Uh, we need to get our children better educated and, and rooted and grounded in the word. Uh, so Christian education needs to explode, get our children out of these woke institutions, send them to better colleges that are truly open-minded and welcome Christian philosophy as well as the philosophies of this world. Lots of things we can do. And we've just been asleep, but a great awakening has begun. Thanks a lot. Hey, Frank. Thanks for calling. You're one of our regular callers. I appreciate you. You, I don't know if you just watch me every week or Truth and Liberty all week, oh, but man. you're a blessing. You're from Missouri. <laughs> hey, man, I, I, got, I got to pick Jonathan Kahn's brain, man. Are you kidding me? Uh, and and, and uh, uh, from reading his brief, uh, this 220-page book called The Oracle. Have you read it? And, and uh, no. Uh, and and he wrote, I don't know how I came across, except that I was just fired up. I got to live on the Mount of Olives. I saw the Golden Gate three solid months every month, every day, man. And anyways, he wrote 3,000 pages on a 225-page book. I researched that 3,000 pages, and and uh, wow. it took me a year and a half. And my phone I believe it. June 1967 to the Olivet. Do you realize that there are some people that don't know the Olivet Discourse? And four years of Bible. Absolutely. I think that was a Matthew chapter 24. If you didn't know what Matthew chapter 24, and you, I'm I'm not supposed to preach on this thing, but I got the. That's right, Frank. But we're so. We're so glad to hear from you. I'll let you preach just a little bit. <laughs> Go ahead. I'd, yeah, I'd like to know your question, too. <laughs> but you are. I love you, man. <laughs> no, you guys are so I love you, up, too. Man, helping me to stay focused on Jesus. You know, you're just reiterating what Jesus said, and I learned this verse. It's hammered home in Jerusalem, Luke 21, 36. Watch and yes. pray. That That's you right. May Watch be and pray, and be not, and 
and be not deceived in Matthew 24 and Luke 21. And yet so many are deceived. Go ahead, please. Luke 21, 36, watch and pray. That's just what you've been, you're just reiterating what Jesus said. Jesus said, watch and pray. That's exactly right. That, that, that uh, you uh, uh, are counted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon the earth. So I'm watching and praying. I want to escape this. This is a mess. Get me out of this mess, Lord. (laughs) But but, uh, the the question is, the question is, uh, you know, I saw Taco Carson. Now that guy's a jump ahead. uh, And he's saying the same way that they, uh, and I want your thoughts on this, the same way that, uh, they used the left used the and the, these prophets of Baal have used absolutely the, have used the COVID to control people's minds and for the for the vaccine and all the stuff that you've been talking about. Are they going to use this war in Israel for uh, the oh, one wow. world yeah. system or the monetary system? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so good, Frank. Uh, man, there's so much that's just flying through my mind right now, even as we speak, because one of the things I did hear the rhema word of the Lord during COVID-19 is this is a dress rehearsal. It is simply a dress rehearsal. The governments of the entire world were testing the people. How far will you let us go? How much will you yield your sovereignty? How much will you allow us to be dictators without firing a shot? And they did it. Even in America, I was shocked, Frank, at how many Christians capitulated. They just caved uh, like a $2 suit and gave in their liberties and gave them over to the government that the government could tell us what an essential and a non-essential job is. That's, that's evil. That the government can tell you when you can go to work, what work you can work. Boy, if that's not communism, what is communism? That the government tells you what an essential job is and a non-essential job. Can you work? Can you not work? Closing churches down who opposed them with the truth, but allowed Walmart and, and other big box stores to stay open. It was absolutely a dress rehearsal, seeing how far they could go. And they went far beyond where I thought the American people would allow it. That I, I couldn't believe for a while I felt like a voice in the wilderness. Folks, wake up. This is not good. What's going on? And so that was a dress rehearsal for the Great Reset. Frank, have you have you done any uh, research on the Great Reset? Hey, uh- yeah, yeah, sir. You know, just listening to different prophets like, uh, you know, Cindy uh, Jacobs and, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the 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 great the, the great reset or what? Uh, yeah, or and Glenn Beck. Uh, yeah, he's he's big on, on that. Glenn, on that stuff. Glenn's yeah. awesome. I wish I could listen to him more. I don't get to listen to too many people with my schedule even, but Glenn is excellent. But I wrote a book called Counterculture. Counterculture. I dealt with Marxism, socialism, and communism. And these things I was aware of most of my adult life, but there were some things happening in the culture that woke me up. God woke me up uh, to Marxism and to socialism and communism. And the Great Reset crowd, 
They're all global warming uh, theorists, population control, uh, and, and that's why they're big on abortion by demand. Uh, and a lot of people don't know this, but the abortion movement worldwide is to save the planet because humans are destroying it. And many of these people in the Great Reset movement uh, believe that that we're destroying the planet and, and we're going to save it by population control, reducing emissions, uh, on and on I could go. Uh, and now they are moving to a digital world currency, which will be the end of our liberties. It'll be the end of freedom. You did ask me for my opinion. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that if we go to a digital currency, that the government and the purpose of it will be to monitor what you buy, what you spend your money on. And don't think for one minute, if, if, if the government and Twitter files, Musk uh, has uncovered all the Twitter files when he bought Twitter, uh, uh, Elon Musk, and, and man, the reviewing of any of that, the government was in bed with social media, getting them to do what the government couldn't do, censor us. And, and that's evil again, and that's control of the masses. They have to control the narrative. They have to control the media. Communism uh, in a country like Russia, uh, uh, the former Soviet Union, uh, they could not enslave the masses without state media. They had to control the narrative. They had to win the information war. And brothers and sisters, we're in an information war. And I don't know how many people are watching, but I'm doing my best. It may not be good enough. I'm trusting the Lord to use me. And I appreciate you and others like you, Frank, because we need to sound, sound the alarm that there's an information war and evil can only enslave us by suppressing the truth. And so... Don't think for one minute if they won't cancel you on social media that they won't survey and, and monitor your, your bank account and what you're spending your money on and begin to censor you and, and, and access your finances. This is the goal of the Great Reset, people, is to control the economy of the world. And they'll do it in the guise of equity, fairness, uh, a fair wage, on and on it goes with this psychobabble. These people are multimillionaires and they don't plan on giving up any of their money, but they'll take all yours. And, and it's like we're asleep. And so there is a great reset. I spoke of it in my book, Counterculture, uh, in a limited way. I may have to, to say some more in detail for, for people like yourself that see it and need to be better prepared. But we need to fight against this stuff. We need to fight for truth and liberty. That's why you're watching truth and liberty. That's, that's who we are. That's our, that's our DNA. That's, and we don't care who is found on the side of truth or, or fraud. We're not an arm. I'm not an arm of the Republican Party and the swamp, as Donald Trump calls them. There are so many that are frauds even in the Republican Party. So the Republican Party can't save us either. And so we need to wake up and we need to, to change some things. So we're definitely in an information war. 
we will be censored again and canceled. And eventually these people are so evil, they will, they will cancel the Jews. They won't just cancel the Jews on social media. The Nazis are back and the media will falsely accuse other people of being Nazis while they celebrate true Nazis. Hamas is the current Nazis that are calling for the extermination of the Jews. And where's the information? So many people are misinformed because of our media. The prophets of Baal, I kind of like that, Frank. I think they're the false prophets of Baal. Let me just say something else, and I'll ask you another question. Um, Many people, when they talk about deception, myself included, we deal with the church and deception in the church. But saints, it's the deception in the world that is spoiling the church. I don't call any names out. It's not personal, these news anchors. But the national media is corrupt. They're propagandists for liberalism and the woke movement. They have a narrative, and they only share stories that complement and enhance a narrative. And you have to wake up, wake up to that. And, 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 and they're just false prophets that are affecting even the preachers today. So let's stay awake. Let's get awake. Uh, was there anything else, Frank, before I let you go? I guess Frank uh, hung up. I can't imagine Frank hanging up, but his call must have been dropped. <laughs> one of the questions that came in that's a good one, isn't Satan really behind all evil? Absolutely. Satan is 100% behind all evil. God is not the author of all this evil. Uh, God didn't even create evil which is a controversial subject even in church, but God created Lucifer, a beautiful, perfect creature, and iniquity was found in him, and he became, Lucifer became uh, Satan, the devil, the dragon that the book of Revelation speaks of. And so all this evil, Satan's behind it. That's why we must stand against evil. We don't stand against people. Nothing's personal. Again, I don't call out any names in the national media. It's not personal. It's just the national media in general is dangerous now. I need a drink. Hallelujah. (coughs) Pardon me. One of the downfalls of live TV So anyway, all of our news um, sources that are available at Truth and Liberty are to help you counter the national corrupt media. Our politicians, we can do something about this if we wake up. A great awakening will bring reform in our police departments, reform on our colleges, and reform in our politics. Politics is downstream from culture, and culture is downstream from the church. So as the church sounds the alarm, as we wake up, it'll, it'll affect culture slowly but, but surely, and then even the politics. All right, let's go to uh, Jonna from Texas. Thank you so much for calling, Jonna. Uh, what's your question today? Thank you, Dwayne. Uh, thank you for having me. You, were, you mentioned in, um, about digital currency um, yes, the ma'am. cryptocurrency and that kind of thing. I'm yes, so grateful to hear you speak uh, perfectly in line with God's word about that. I've spent a good bit of time understanding uh, biblical financial principles and 
have Excellent. served in volunteer ministry with that in that regard. And so my question is, if you could expound even a little more on that, why would some ministries give that as an alternative in buying their products on their websites and that kind of thing, knowing that that doesn't please God, that that's not an alternative for us as Christians? Yeah, when when I speak of digital currency, I'm not talking about necessarily credit uh, or some of the other digital ways we can purchase things. We still have liberty there. We still have freedom there. Uh, uh, it's not wise, and I'm sure some of your teachings, uh, Dave, is it Dave Ramsey that 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 does the financial stewardship teachings? We had that in our church for years. I think it's um, his teachings. Uh, even on credit and how to deal with credit uh, and be wise in those areas. When I talk about digital currency, I'm talking about everything now is digital uh, and a, a, if you will, receipt available and government interference in the digital currency. Uh, this is what is evil and what makes it evil is again the control the manipulation the removal of our freedoms on purchasing things the our government has proven they will spy they spied on trump and yet how could that be controversial they spied on trump they're spying on many of us they the the fbi is corrupt and they're they they've come after parents at at school board meetings and called them terrorists. They, they have arrested people on January 6th that were just at a rally, but because of their association with something that the woke movement hates, Donald Trump, then these people were arrested. These people have been thrown into, into the gulags. They were able to track them. And so when I talk about digital currency, I'm talking about the elimination of, of cash, the elimination of trans transaction where it can be kept private. It's, the, it's the, the loss of privacy that the digital currency concerns me. And so I'm coming at it from that angle primarily. Um, I'm not necessarily against other ways to purchase online or things of that nature. And maybe, maybe you could call back another time and, and helping enlighten our audience a little better on that. But I'm just talking about we shouldn't be supporting something that the government can manipulate us and control us and now cancel. If they'll cancel us on social media, and the Twitter files have proven they did, they worked with many social media outlets, they'll work with the banks, and you won't be able to buy a gun and it not be tracked and the FBI knocking on your door. You won't be able to buy a mega hat. If you buy a mega hat, you're going to the gulags. I'm just simply talking about the government being able to track all of our purchases and it being controlled by a worldwide organization. That, to me, is a part of the mark of the beast. So I, I, I don't think I helped as much as, as you would like, but I hope, I hope that encouraged you somewhat. Thank you so much for calling. Let's go ahead and go to a, another call. We're running out of time. Man, you guys need to call early. Not so late. <laughs> I keep running out of time with our calls. We've got Tim. He's a Truth and Liberty supporter. And Tim, I'd like to say thank you for supporting 
uh, Truth and Liberty. This is a amazing, amazing outreach. During the election, this thing is going to catch fire and millions of people are going to be helped and served through Truth and Liberty. So thanks for supporting us. Tim is from Wisconsin. Uh, what is your question today? Hi, Pastor Dwayne. How are you doing? I'm most excellent. Thank you, sir. Uh, my question is about people that are, I'm specifically thinking about uh, people that prophesy like that Trump was going to be reelected and then their prophecy didn't come to pass. I mean, I know you prophesied and I think Lance Wallnow did and one other guy that I heard of prophesied in 2016 that Trump was going to be president then. And Correct. But then a lot of people prophesied that he was going to be reelected and even up to a year or so after the election in 2020. Yeah. People were prophesying and, that he was going to come back and all this stuff. But yeah, yeah. I wish you could have called earlier. This, 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 this needs attention and explanation. And I'm running out of time. We got more calls that are happening now, right at the end. Uh, but um, let me just say this: no, no, no prophet is infallible, even under the new covenant, and people miss it. I prophesied, and I want to make sure I'm clear on that, that he would be elected president. I didn't prophesy he'd be reelected. I didn't know. But the jury's still out on him being reelected. If if people prophesied that he will be reelected, if he's reelected this term, then that prophecy comes to pass. So we don't stone the prophets if they miss it. People miss it. I've missed it. Uh, my public track record is is pretty awesome. I'm so cautious uh, but I've missed it, and I've misspoke. I, I misread something or misheard something. I can't believe I'm out of time. Man, you need to call back next time I'm on, uh, Tim. This was great. I'm so sorry. I can't take the calls that are coming in now. Uh, we're out of time. Thanks for being a part of Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.